Hi, welcome to the Three Peacocks. I'm Bo, and I'll be your host again today. Uh, pleasure again to have our co-host Simon with us from Leeds. And before um, we get to our guests, we've got Nikki and Danny from Dallas. Um, I want to come to Simon, who was at both games. So Simon's still in Leeds. He was at both the midweek and the Coventry game. And uh, Simon, take it away, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just thinking I, I, it's probably not good for me to go and see Leeds live because I can't remember the last time I saw them win. You know, I don't go and see them all that often, but you know, two fairly miserable games this week. And I remember the one the before that I went to see, which Neil kindly sorted out for me, was when we lost 6-1 at home to Liverpool. So, And I can't remember even before that. So uh, maybe I'm not very much of a good luck charm. It was great to be at Elland Road, of course, because you can never you know, compare you know, watching it on the big screen to being there live. And uh, yeah, it was great, but it would have been so much greater if we'd been able to control the game after we took that 1-0 lead yesterday and, you know, taken it over the line and got a comfortable 2 or 3-0. You know, it's just, you know, you just think back about, you know, all the games where, you know, the, the other teams scored with their only chance and, you know, we've missed so many, you know, thinking about how many points we've dropped that we really shouldn't have. You know, understanding that you know we're never going to play a perfect game and things don't go right every week, but it just seems that we've had a lot of the same things happening and it's costing us big time. Yeah, completely. Well, and the good news is about that, and you are not the only one saying that. So yesterday at the at the DNVR bar, we were also saying, "Damn it, Simon, get your butt back over here," <laughs> <laughs> because as Leeds fans, we're all incredibly superstitious or most of us are so the fact that we were like a you were at a game but then b you weren't with us as well we were like okay well the good news is later this week he's on a plane he's coming back well you know we'll he'll be in denver for the ipswich match so there we go we think you know got a really good chance of getting all three points there again um so it'll be nice to have you back um and nikki and danny from dallas thank you for joining us this morning and uh yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts on Maybe the match yesterday. Uh, maybe, uh, Danny, if you'll give us your insights for the match yesterday. And, Nikki, you can kind of give us your um, your opinion and your perspective on where we are uh, so far this year and where you think we can go heading in uh, to the new year. So, Danny. Sure. I mean, we should have won. End of the day. We should have won. We deserve the win. It wasn't fair. <laughs> I thought the referee was terrible i was going to use a bad word i don't know if i can do that on here but uh you can you just have to hit the uh, expletive button so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give any fouls like it, it just I, it didn't seem fair they totally deserved to win there were so many chances so many shots it just it was a very frustrating game yeah i think frustrate frustrating is the word right it was i mean <clears throat> once we got that first goal i thought okay that's it the game's gonna open up we're gonna i think we're gonna be able to kind of you know go on and win it two or three nil, like you said, Simon, but... And they snuck it in there. It was a sucker punch, wasn't it, really? It, it really was. And it, the referee was very frustrating. I I mean, he didn't book one of their players until, I think, the 87th minute, their outfield player, until the 87th minute, which mm. I didn't understand at all, like, how how they didn't get any yellow cards, because it, it was constant fouling from, from what I could see. Um, yeah. We oh, made, that time-wasting from the goalkeeper. Oh, my God. It was so... It was just so <laughs> obvious. Oh. The thing is, at least... He, 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 that was the first... 
player that he carded was the keeper. And I'm like, that's, you know, looking at all the fouls that they did during, during the whole game, I just, I couldn't believe it. And yeah, we deserve to win. It was, um, it was one of those games. It reminded me of the Stoke game. It reminded me of the Sheffield Wednesday game. You know, we should win it. We should be beating them. Um, we had enough chances to beat them, but we didn't. We dropped more points. And honestly, you know, it's not really our performances because we're doing we're doing great. You know, we've got nearly two points a game. You know, that, that's going to get you up in those seasons. It's it's just Ipswich and Leicester just don't seem to ever, you know, lose. lose. <laughs> <laughs> and even yesterday when they drew before our game, you know, you think, okay, this is a perfect opportunity now. You know, if we can go and beat Coventry, then we've got Ipswich, we, Ipswich and, and then they've got Leicester. That's a real opportunity to kind of go after them. And yeah, we, we drop points. We drop points there. So yeah, frustrating, but I don't know. I think I think by um, by the new year, I think we'll have a good idea about where we're going to be ending up. Like if I think if Ipswich are 10, 13 points ahead of us, I think it's going to be very, very tough to, to call that back. If we can get a, a win against Ipswich, and then if Leicester do us a favour, then, you know, who knows where, where that can go. But right now, it's, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we can only do what we can do, right? And just, we just got to keep, get get those two points per game and just, fingers crossed, we uh, we, we might sneak it towards the end. We could also get rid of Bamford. That would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe maybe in January, buy a left back, you know, I mean. Yes, please buy a left back. I mean, it's the story of, you know, Leeds 20 years ago and, and this, you know, same question today, like, I mean, I know we've got Furpo, but you can tell the difference. Uh, and Simon and I were talking um, earlier. You know, there was a stat put out that we haven't um, that we haven't won. Um, a game, match. yeah, a, a game since Byram with Byram out of the squad. This I saw that today. I saw that stat today. Yeah, we've like what twelve? We've won twelve of sixteen games with Byram in there, and we haven't we haven't won one with him when he's injured. And the problem yeah. is, he's he's likely going to be injured quite a bit during the season, I would expect. So we need we need a left back. Yeah. Like I know we've got Furpo, but I don't trust Furpo. Yeah. I don't think anybody trusts Furpo. Um even to stay fit, never mind to actually play play well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah look, just go and buy a bloody left back. That's it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not I that difficult. Left. But yeah, I think the stat was uh we've drawn five and lost one. Yeah. Is that right, Simon? Yeah. Yeah. Without uh without Byron in the squad. So it's interesting that uh yeah that we haven't recorded a, a win and just to show you the difference that that he really brings to I thought Spence has been solid uh, obviously Spence is playing out of position um yeah. but I thought he was solid but he lacks that ability to really get us forward the way that Byram does uh, simply because you know he's he's not left-footed I mean Byram's not naturally left-footed either but I think Byram's much more left-footed obviously than than, uh, than Spence is because with Spence again he wants to bring everything in and yeah. I think it's easier you can see the last two matches the, the defenders uh the, the that block that they're playing against us and getting everyone behind the ball anytime that we try to continue to cut inside we're just running into each other and the space is so limited so we need someone to to go down the bylines you know and to get it wide and to bring that width into the game and we just don't really get that from that side um when Byram's out yeah I think that's what Sunderland did and that's what Coventry did they're just really organized kind of mid-block very organised, um, not a lot of space back there, and you know, try and kind of frustrate us, which it worked yesterday completely. Because I don't know about you, but by half time I was extremely frustrated, um, and then kind of go on the break. And you know, to be fair, in the first half, Coventry, I think they probably had the better chances than we did. We, you know, we had a lot of the ball, but we didn't really do very much with it. 
Um, it was only really the second half where I, I thought, you know, we really kind of dominated them and we should have we should have scored two or three. But that, that chance at the end with James, that, oh God, that is so, you know, yeah, exactly. It's that, that, I thought that was in, honestly, when it kind of, when it all just, just ended up with him there with the ball right from the keeper, you think, come on, just put that away. But yeah, it is what it is, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to go on about Dan James, of course, because he's my favourite player, but... Uh... <laughs> But when you've got teams like that, you know, Sunderland and Coventry who are applying that low block and eight behind the ball, you James has got nowhere to run into. Yep. So I think, you know, when you've got, you know that you've got a team that's going to come like that, I think I'd much start, rather start with uh, Nanto or somebody else because I don't think you get anything out of James too much when he can't run. Yeah, I mean, some of them has a similar issue, right? Like, if there's not a lot of room, he struggles a little bit as well. I thought he was, I thought he was good yesterday. He's improved so much. Yeah, he is a rock star. Yeah, he's done, he's done great, great this season. Um, I honestly think, like, if we had a a proper number ten yesterday who can kind of like unlock the defense a little bit, I think that's one thing we're really missing as well. If we can get, I think, a number ten and left back in January, that that would be that would be ideal. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's inter- it's it's interesting and frustrating, right? Because what do you do with Piro? I mean, you know, I thought that the last few games he's he's been relatively absent. Um, he's not someone that really wants to get on the ball, you know. When we and say, hey, give me the ball and I'll, you know, I'll I'll start spreading the position, I'll start spreading the the play, or I'll start, you know, doing my bit. He just goes, you know, absent for such large periods of the time. For me, I was almost wondering yesterday if teams are going to continually play. Like they like the last two matches against us. Is there any way for us to potentially? I don't think Farka would do it, but instead of playing four two three one, maybe go to a four three three, take Piro out. You know, bring Nato in. So the front three would be Georgie, uh, Cree, and and uh, Nato, and then a mid a mid three of and put James in midfield because I think James looked really good yesterday. And absolutely, actually, he looked better in defense to me than he did going forward. Um, mm-hmm. But if you put him in midfield with Ampadu and Kamara and James and then a back four, you know, I mean, maybe that just gives us something different because I've been, I mean, you know, you're taking out a goal scorer, but Piero just goes absent for huge stretches of, you know, large stretches of the match. And I just, I'm looking for him to get on the ball and do something and he just doesn't. Yeah, I know that like Fax talked about this before, right? And playing him in number 10 and, and Rutter as a nine. Um, and I'm just saying, the problem, in my opinion, with Piero is, if he scores, he basically is there just to score goals, right? He doesn't bring much else, in my opinion, really. Um, he doesn't. He's not great at like linking up. I don't think it, it, the ball seems to bounce off him sometimes. Like I don't think his control is great. So I don't know. I would. I'd happily have him up front. Maybe you could put um, Rutter, um, even on the wing. As good, I think he played quite a bit on the wing yesterday. Actually, I think he was on the left a bit. Um, I don't know. It, it's he's he's frustrating at Peru because I think he's a great goal scorer. I wouldn't want. He's the only person on the on the field that I would want to have that big chance. You know, for example, if he had that chance that James had yesterday, that's going in. That ball's going in the in the, in the goal, right? But um, but, but he doesn't think he brings much else apart from the goal scoring. Which you know, okay, <laughs> when he scores, great. But when he just when he scoring goals, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just keep scoring goals exactly. Yeah, and he does. But from my problem is he just doesn't get himself in those positions that, that James does. You know, yeah. like. For some he's reason, playing too far back. He's too deep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's other times when I'm like, oh, be right there. Even like on a Georgie miss yesterday when he bring he he pulled it wide, but I'm like, that, yeah, and I'm like, where is he? You know, he should be right yeah. there for a tap in. Um, so I should, yeah, just 
you know, but they're, they're two positions. I mean, you know, I'll continue to trust Farka, but I'm still, I'm, yeah, they're, uh, Georgie and, and Piro's positions are really odd to me because Georgie plays, he doesn't play as a nine or as a 10. He's just all over, like, he's just got free reign to kind of roam around and do whatever he Which wants. is fine, which is yeah. absolutely fine, right? Yeah. But the problem, is, and the thing is, well, we, George is great, but his finishing isn't great, isn't amazing. Let's be honest, right? He's not the best finisher on that field. He can, he makes so many big chances, so many goals. Another assist yesterday, right? Was I think it was his. He's strong. His, his, he's strong. He's yeah. able to like, you know, um, keep people off him. So he's, he's a great player. Not not saying at all, don't, don't play him. He's, he's probably number one on the team sheet, but I'm just not sure he should be a number nine. Like I, I would play Peru there. Honest God, but you know, Fark knows what he's doing. He knows way more than I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, let's let's hear about um, the now. Correct me if I'm if I get this right, Danny and Nikki. Is it the Leeds United Supporters Group of Dallas Fort Worth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we try. We tried. We're in Dallas, but we try to be inclusive because when people think of Texas, it's very large, and so Dallas Fort Worth is kind of like a metroplex. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and you were like, we're just going to take it all because we can because we're <laughs> yeah. in Texas and everything's bigger and better in Texas, so we're just going to own it all, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look, the thing is, if, if somebody, I know there is a, a Fort Worth, there's a, uh, some people in Fort Worth who, who do meet up, um, so we'd, we'd happily, you know, they could absolutely create their own and we'll take for, um, kind of the Fort Worth off if, if needs be, but at the time when we set it up, there was just, there was no... There was nothing. There was nothing, right? And so we wanted to make sure that people knew, okay, if, you, if you're in the DFW area then we can all meet up, you know, rather than have it kind of separate. But we also didn't think there'd be that many fans. So another reason why we made it DFW and now to see it grow so much, it's great. Like we've been wanting to get over to Fort Worth to meet all the people over there and just kind of combine everybody. Um, but yeah, it's pretty awesome to see it grow. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about this, obviously we'll get, um, you know, we'd love to get a little bit more of your personal story, but we'll ask that afterwards since we're talking about the uh, Dallas Fort Worth group. But yeah, like, how did the group get started? Tell us a little bit about like when that got started, how you guys did that, um, and then where you meet today. Anything else you want to share about the uh, about the group? We'd love to hear. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm a project manager uh, as a, as a career, and so we kept meeting up for years of pretty much the same group of people, and it just took one of us to take the action to create a Facebook page, and that's what we did. We just said, "All right, we're going to do this and make it official." Like organize, yeah. Organize a little I think bit. it was the year that they stayed up, right? Yeah. So I think we initially started um, kind of going to the pub when we got promoted. So the first season, um, and at that point we weren't kind of organized. We just a group of people meeting up. Yeah. And um, we we sometimes we'd see Dan or we'd see Chris or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there'd be different people there every week. We we try and go every single week if we could. Yeah. Um, but it was you know we saw different people but not kind of together and we thought well. Why don't we just like kind of organize it, just create a, a group on, on Facebook and, yeah. and and try and get people to go to the same pub at the same time, you know, and try and get, try and create a group like that. And that's, that's what we kind of did. And to be honest, Danny did most of the of the of the work. She set up the, the Facebook page and all that type of stuff. So. We actually didn't know what we were doing and we set it up wrong the first time <laughs> and we had to fix it because we didn't know. We're like, how do you do this? We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but we made it work. It all worked out. It's it's quite a close knit group. It's quite nice. You know, you know, we bring the kids, uh, some of our members bring their kids and, you know, one of our members actually lost his father who was a lead supporter, part of the group. So it's just been, um, it's quite nice. It's kind of like a second family when we all get together. Mm -hmm. it's good. 
Now, Nikki, at this point, or Danny, um, at this point, do you have a like one location where you go to each match? Are you getting together like every week, once a month? I know that different supporters group do it differently, but have you found like a, a location? Because that's the big thing, right? To either find the right location, especially with the right GM or owner that really allows you to kind of make it to make it a Leeds pub, so to speak. Make it Shout home. out to Barry. Barry's, <laughs> yeah. Barry's the man. Yeah, so we we uh, we're, we're actually quite lucky in in Dallas um, Fort Worth area because there's a, a couple of there's a chain of pubs called the Londoner, um, and we used to meet up in the Londoner um, in kind of North Dallas place called Addison, um, and we were there for I think the first basically the first year, but we it's known like yeah. in DFW it's known they play football from six a.m. till whatever like every game all the Premier League games so it's well very known. very busy yeah. lots of different fans um, and obviously it's being promoted. Um, we were kind of new and not, you know, we, small. <laughs> small. There's only a few of us meeting. So what what tended to happen is if if there was a lot of games on, for example, if there was a like the end of the end of the season games, right? You know, everyone's playing at the same time. We'd go up there and there just wouldn't be room for for Leeds fans. It'd be very frustrating. Um, and so we then heard that the the owner, a guy called Barry, a Chelsea fan, um, Londoner, uh, he he's he from was, England. He's from England. Yeah, he um, he bought a, an, another pub what used to be called um trinity trinity, trinity Hall. um and he kind of did it all up changed it all and he, he created another londoner um in a place called mockingbird which is kind of pretty much central dallas um and so we kind of cl- we jumped on that and we're like can we make this the official pub and they were like well yes we'll make it the official pub we'll make sure we play all the leads games um, you know, no matter what. And then we got demoted. <laughs> got, yeah, of course. So that was, that, was, that was last season, basically. You know, we got... Uh, right as we got the group together, we got our pub, then we got relegated. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so now, so now we, we all meet up at the at the Londoner pub in Mockingbird Station in Dallas. Um, and it's, it's harder than it was last season, obviously, because we're not on TV all the time. We're not on Peacock. Um, so that makes it much more difficult. Uh, what we tended to do is when there is a, a game on ESPN Plus, which isn't at 6 a.m. on a Sunday, yeah. uh, which seems to be every single game right now, uh, we'll we we'll tend to try and meet up then. Um, and I think I think one of the one of the groups, Dave, met met the guys up in Fort Worth yesterday for the for the game. Even though it wasn't ESPN Plus, I think they bring a laptop and they plug it in yeah. and that type of thing. So yeah, and we have crazy liquor laws on, on Sundays here, so no one wants to go to the pub and not drink till. Yeah. 10 or noon or whatever so yes yeah. yeah. early sunday games are not fun no it's very frustrating yeah well early games are you know I'm, because i mean you guys are so like coming up we've got two mountain time 5 30 kickoffs which would be 6 30 oh, a.m kickoffs you know central time um yeah and the pub was actually that we we're in said yeah we'll, we'll open for you guys if you want to and i was like yeah we just can't get anybody there at, at uh, 5 30 a.m um way too early yeah 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 i think but, uh, we did we did do some Sunday eight a.m. eight a.m. games. Yeah. Um, last season, and again, you like you go there, they open up, you can have some food and stuff. You can't drink until ten. Um, that was okay, but six is just kind of you know, it's just that's a roll out of bed and go. To the <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's change tack. I mean, the I always find the most interesting, or one of the most interesting parts of the podcast is you know learning about your background, where you grew up, how you found Leeds United because everybody seems to have a different story and each of one each one of those has been interesting so far and Simon I believe correct me if I'm wrong but I believe this is our first couple that we've had on the podcast <laughs> it is indeed yes there we go <laughs> yeah. 
Do you so want me to also, go first? Yeah, us, go. And you can tell us a, a little bit about your story too, if you would like to. How you yeah. met? That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I was born in Leeds and grew up in, in Headingley. Um, so yeah, I mean, since I was kind of born, I've, I've always been kind of in, interested in Leeds. Um, I kind of really got started watching the games, you know, kind of in, in my 10, 11. I didn't, I'd actually went, didn't go to a game until I was, I think like 16 or something like that. Because do you remember the Leeds, Leeds, Leeds magazine? I don't know if, you, if Simon, if you remember these, but um, I, I used it's to have like a, James Brown, wasn't it? Who did that yeah, that's right. James Brown. Yeah. Um, so I used to have a subscription to them. And the reason I had subscribed to them was because they said, if you, if you get all of the, um, all the magazines at the end, they'll send you a, a ticket to a game. So I, I subscribed to them and they, and they were going to send me a ticket right, right towards the end of the season. Um, but they ran out of tickets for that game. And so they sent me a ticket to the Leeds Roma match. If you remember, I think Harry Kewell scored. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that was the first game I ever went to was uh, me and a friend of mine um, got these free tickets from Leeds, Leeds, Leeds magazine. And we went to see Leeds, Leeds Roma. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've been kind of hooked ever since it's, to a point, it's almost a bit, a bit unhealthy at times, you know. Too much of my, uh, what does, what does uh, Don Dan Moylan say on on uh, square ball? Too much of his personal life is hangs up on the Leeds result, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of like mine, like my life as well. Unfortunately, you know, when we lose, it's it kind of wrecks a weekend. When you when you win, it, it it's it's a great weekend. He's very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I was born in Leeds, um, and I, I left Leeds um, to go to Switzerland for. A couple of years, I was out there um, with work. I was there for about two, two or three years um, in a place called Basel, right in the French, uh, French, German, Swiss border. Um, so you know, I met a few people over there who are all, who are all these fans, like a few expats and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, about two and a half years in Switzerland, um, I got the opportunity to move over to um, Fort Worth actually um, with my company. So we all we all moved over. Um, this was twenty fourteen. And then, yeah, I was in Fort Worth for five or six years. And just before COVID, um, I moved to, uh, to to Dallas with work. And then kind of me and Danny got together as well, just, just before COVID. Um, she had, you know, she, you probably never even went to a Leeds game, or like, like saw them on TV or anything like that, did you? Before, before I did, I, I knew them before. You knew them before? Okay. So then, yeah, then, then she kind of um, started supporting Leeds as well. And it was great because it was just, it was the... The beginning of the Bielsa era, you know, we're playing great football, and, and you fell in love with Bielsa as much as yeah. as much as I did, and um, yeah, you're like the lucky, you're, you're kind of lucky to leave fans. Wow. <laughs> Just as we get together, we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah nice season. So I born and raised DFW, lived here my whole life. Unfortunately, <laughs> he wanted to move here, and I'm trying to move away. And then you know, we met. Now I'm stuck because he's got two kids here. But you know, that's okay. <laughs> When they get a, when they grow older, we'll move somewhere else. Uh, but no, you know, we used to work together like years ago, and uh, he got me to watch the documentary on Amazon, and I was like, ah, oh, it's the underdog. I love it. I fell in love with all the players. Like, and then we got together, and obviously it's COVID time, so we're locked in the apartment, and there's nothing else to do besides see him obsess and cry and scream <laughs> about this football team. Uh, and I just kind of got indoctrinated into the cult and, uh, you know, I guess it's better to join them than to like sit on the outside and just be all angry about it. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. It, it's been a weird transition for me just because I fell in love with the promotion team 
And so I know this is normal for all of you guys, but I'm not used to like having to learn new players and all this turnover, turnover and getting new coaches. And I'm like, oh, this is so new to me. But yeah, I'm uh, still fully embedded in it. And even when I don't want to care, I catch myself screaming and <laughs> getting all tense. And, you know, as much as I give him, if I give him some crap, I, I definitely get pretty involved in the games too. And then if you add some alcohol, then it gets kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I always loved hockey. So like being in Texas, I used to go to Dallas stars games a lot. So it was an easy transition for me to like fall in love with football. Yeah. How did you cope with the relegation? Because, you know, as long standing Leeds fans, we're used to disappointment. I was wondering how you were after that, all that wonderful football of the Bielsa era and then, you know, everything just disintegrates, you know, very rapidly, you know, yeah. in a couple I, of seasons. I think for me, I knew it was going to happen because they weren't winning. Like, this, <laughs> we're not winning. I'm like, you cannot stay in the Premier League and not win games. It's like the fact that we were even at the level we were was just because the other teams were failing, not because of our performance. Mm -hmm. yep. So like, mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. So I think I was just mentally prepared. And it actually happened when we were on vacation. Yeah, we were in, yeah. in the cabin, weren't we, in the woods? So it was like not a big surprise. I knew it was coming. Um, I did think they did the Elsa wrong. I didn't like the way they handled that. Um, I think it was unfortunate, like, turn of events with players being injured and, you know, all of that. I, Bielsa was stubborn, though. So, like, I feel like he could have definitely brought additional people in. So I think that was his downfall. But the way they handled the whole thing, I wasn't a big fan of. I, I thought he didn't deserve to be let go in that way. But... I think it's I think it's funny. Like if 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 Leeds were in the Premier League this season, no way would we be going down, right? This you look at the bottom bottom three, bottom four, no way would we be going down this season. It's just last season was freakish, you know. Three three of the promoted teams all stayed up, you know, and three of the bigger teams kind of went down. At least Leicester and Southampton. So it was a bit of a weird season, but yeah, I mean, we we didn't deserve anything last season. We were we were awful. It was awful, honest. and we and you know, at least how I felt, I was super bummed. Less so for like the team, more so about the group that we had gotten together. I knew that being relegated meant we can't meet up anymore. Mm -hmm. We can't watch it in the pub. And it just, you know, we had just built this close knit community where everyone was bringing their kids and this group was expanding. We were like, people would come into town and reach out to him. So we were meeting people from different states that were coming and meeting up with us. And that all kind of got taken away just because it's difficult to watch it now in the pub. So yeah. that was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it it is a little bit more challenging. And interestingly, interestingly enough, you know, some groups that we've talked to so far have similar to you to you and what you've experienced in Dallas. Um, you know, have just found it a little bit more difficult, and people aren't aren't quite as excited to come and watch championship football as opposed to Premier League football. And yep. just logistically, it's more difficult because we're either on ESPN Plus um, and or LUTV and the Times. Um, I mean, the amount of of noon or, or you know 12 30 kickoffs this year already has been astronomical and you know so you're already out at least a match there and so you're at least meeting every two weeks sometimes every three and so it does get more challenging and then we've got the on the flip side we've had some groups that um that are actually growing right now in the championship um and are finding that they're able to watch you know they've got a good location that's all also able to do both ESPN plus and LUTV and it's awesome. growing through the championship. So it's really interesting, you know, that we're kind of within Leeds United Americas, we're kind of all over the map in terms of what um, relegation has meant. But I think we all agree that if, uh, you know, hopefully promotion um, 
And then that just gives us a much, much better footing to expand and to continue to grow. Um, but I absolutely love the fact that um, the Dallas group and uh, <clears throat> Nikki and Danny, this is a testament to you too, that you're that you're open and that you're family friendly and that you guys actually like love to have kids because for yeah. us, you know, where we are, we love to have kids too. And that's a part of our culture, but I know other groups, um, some are 21 and plus, you know, yeah. so, and then other groups are like, ah, we don't want any kids in here. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I love, I think it's, that, you know, that you've established a culture of, of inclusion, even when it comes to kids. Yeah. Well, I think it's how it's how leads are. Right. That's how you can't even buy good tickets without bringing a kid to the game. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I just, you know, he, he's hoping that this indoctrination will work for his that's, kids. That's the word well. I was about to use, indoctrination. <laughs> even though they they get to the point where they're really frustrated that we bring them to the pub. But he's hoping like when they get older, they'll look back and fall in love with leads as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's. It's a family thing. Yeah, no, it is. And, and that's, that's exactly right, by the way. it's. I think I was saying to you um, earlier about, like, bring the kids, even if they don't watch it now, just bring them, have them be around it. Because when they turn, like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, hopefully they'll, they'll turn and they'll start, you know, starting to watch the game rather than looking at their iPads or whatever. Plus we're um, old, you know, so, you know, they come with it. And we don't care about not having kids there. It's expected. And honestly, the, the group is actually really broad. There's, yeah. there's the 60 year olds all the way down to 20 year olds. You know, it's, it's a whole broad mm -hmm. range of, of people. We, um, here there's a, there's a, a new tournament, um, being played a soccer games being played between the different supporters groups and in DFW. So there's like Liverpool, Tottenham. And um, we did a we did a um, a friendly game against Wolves, um, the Wolves Supporters Club, um, a few weeks ago. It was so fun. Like it was so much fun. There were so many guys that don't normally even come watch the games with us showed up to play football, and it <laughs> it was like the geriatric team with knee braces, <laughs> elbow braces, and they're playing a bunch of these young kids. It was it was it so was, much fun though. Yeah, it was like middle middle aged team of middle aged like Leeds fans, yeah. and then we had like one or two young young like lads like early twenties who were kind of doing all the running, um, playing against. God, there was about twice as many wolves. Wolves, but um, we learned. We learned. Players. Everybody that played was all true Leeds fans, and the the wolves team they were cheaters. They just like got their buddies to go play. Yeah. yeah. So if anything, we were authentic. But yeah, it's it's a real broad range of people. Um, you know, like I said, um, all different ages. You know, some were kids and without kids. So um, you know, we we have people bring um like older older people bring in the their dads over as well you know we got the younger ones bringing the babies over so like it's yeah it's a whole a whole um, broad range of, of people so yeah everyone's invited if, if you if you want to kind of check it out come and come and see us we'll we'll always we're always up for new members no that's amazing yeah and we're similar um in in denver and the fact that yeah we've got you know uh, I mean, I've got three. Um, Johnny also has three children. Carl's has two. So we've got several that come. And like, if we're, you know, if we're all there at the same time, and we, you know, we've, we could probably like hire out a, a nursery or, you know, some <laughs> like do a crash for us because, you know, we've got, you know, we could have eight to 10 to 12 kids there at any, any given time. Um, That's awesome. But, yeah. But it's a lot of fun because, you know, too, we're, you know, we like, like you said, Nikki, there's a, there's a certain, I feel like leads you, you almost capture something and, and you, you, you know, you're almost something's transferred when you're a part of the culture and you're a part of leads too. that like, you know, just like these children, um, man, I, I want to see them, you know, 
become incredible Leeds fans as they get older. Yeah. They'll obviously have the choice. We don't push our children to do anything. Um, but man, if they could support Leeds and then, you know, be about like Leeds United in America too, that'd be amazing. So. Yeah. I think it's, it's also, it's something different, right? At least you're American, you know how it is. It's all about American football. And so to fall in love with this other thing, that's kind of like secret, but it's becoming bigger now is at least for me, it's cool. I, I love it. And I, I'm hoping the kids will see that too. You know, like everyone they know is going to watch American football and they could say when, you know, I grew up watching English football. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we'd, we'd really love to grow the group, um, to grow the group more as well. I mean, this season we've had new people come as well when, when we've met. There's been a couple of new people come. So we, we are still growing as well. You know, we, it's just, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. But um, I think the Facebook page is now, what, 100? At least 100 people on there more than that on that if they're, um, if they're, if they're real, real. <laughs> you don't know yeah me. right <laughs> the facebook but we had to lock it down because we were getting some crazy stuff on there <laughs> yeah. at first it was open like hey yeah this is a new thing let's do it and then we learned quickly because this is our first time that you can't do that because no. people post all kinds of crazy stuff on there <laughs> yes exactly but yeah so so we you know from a future perspective what we'd love to see is, is kind of it grow i'd really like to see supporters clubs as a whole all around the country and, and the world have a more formal um, kind of tie with the club as well. And there's there's currently no no official supporters kind of groups. Um, you know, our group is on the is on the website, but it's not really a formal thing. You just kind of email them, say, can you put a, put a name on the website, and that's how I get people emailing me asking where we where we meet. Um, but I'd really like to see a, a more formal approach from the club about supporters groups all around all around the world, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and you're talking about in in, in specifically Leeds United. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, I I know that some some other football clubs have more formal structures around support groups around the world. They could even send like a plaque or something. Some, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, um, have it hung up in the pub. I don't know. Maybe the Forty Nines will change things. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, Nikki, um, you'll know this, and Danny, you you may have already understood this, supporting Leeds now for a few years, but uh. Yeah, technology-wise, we're probably like one of the last teams possibly in all of England in terms of our technology and kind of where our website is and, you know, anything like. So, yeah, I think we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll take a few years. And then the great thing about being here in America is we do have this larger umbrella of Leeds United Americas, which has just been incredible. Um, and, you know, I think being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves um, has been amazing because, when you don't have that support from necessarily Leeds United or the representatives of Leeds United, it's amazing to where we get a chance to do this, where we get a chance to um, not only do a podcast, but also be a part of Leeds United Americas, which is 26, 27 supporters groups. And, you know, I think on the Facebook group, there's like 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 thousand. Um, so it's pretty cool um, to do that. Um, Simon. Do you have anything quickly or I'm going to put them on? No, the I think you're going to have to get into those questions. All right. We're going to get it. Okay. So Nikki, Danny, we're going to put you in the hot seat now. You're not prepared okay. for that. Okay. But so Nikki, if you've got any, if, you, if you've got any beer or anything, you might want to have a, have a good... <laughs> you too many of those last night. I think. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you guys just some quick fire questions. Um, and it's just, yeah, the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, and so we'll ask, you both can answer. So Nikki and Danny, what is your favorite word? Oh, cunt. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. I'm not going to go with that one. It's uh, it's get, so get like... the people out. Yeah. Jesus. You see what I like it now. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, Nikki, I'm going to come to you first on this one. What is your least favorite word? 
Kunt. I love potty mouth, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we might just have a trend, Simon. This just might be the answer for everyone. <laughs> we we, we dragged this all the way down now. Yeah, okay. Um, this probably, okay. Um, what sound or noise do you love, Danny? Oh, hmm. uh, Finley Foster's laugh. <laughs> That's my kid's laugh. His boy. <laughs> uh, the sound of, che of cheering when Lee score a goal. How about that? <laughs> love it. Okay. What sound or noise do you hate, Nikki? The sound of the other of the opposition team <laughs> cheering when they score. <laughs> the silence at Ellen Road, right? Yeah. There you oh, go. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Danny? Uh, Nikki chewing food. Ah, <laughs> oh, does he chew loudly and like doesn't? Ah, uh, yes. She's got one of those weird. And he does it very fast. Uh, and then, like, especially if he's chewing like carrots or potato chips or something, is really bad. Oh, chips. I can't be around him if he's eating chips. <laughs> it's impossible. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Danny, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, what turns you on? Oh, um, music. Awesome, Nikki. Uh, Danny. <laughs> um, what what nice. turns you off? Ooh. Teeth. If they're bad teeth. Mm. Smells. Yeah, smells. Smells. Yeah. yeah. It smells. Okay. Um, what profession other than your own would you most like to attempt? Oh god. Animal rescue. As my dog keeps drinking water while we're on the <laughs> podcast. Apologies. I mean, it's gotta be be a footballer right and that's always something that i'd love i would love to have done i it's funny when we were playing that um that friendly game against the Wolves supporters danny was taking some videos and i saw myself playing it never never ever watch yourself play football guys it is <laughs> awful i never thought i looked that bad like flat-footed and i can see why it didn't work i can see why the dream never happened <laughs> all right what what profession would you least like to attempt like you're just like nah hated that teacher oh yeah good dentist oh ah. yeah looking at okay. someone looking at someone's mouth all day god no okay um two more um what is your favorite cuss word <laughs> what did uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't say that he said you come obviously i'm gonna go for that's three not three. a cuss word yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a part of a body <laughs> and then the last question um if god exists what would you like for him to say when you arrive at the pearly gates it's all a sham. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> for being a Leeds fan or just in total? Yeah, but just in general. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Nikki, Danny, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Uh, it's been so much fun. And uh, we will definitely have to do this again. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you so thank much. You. Have a good rest of your day. You guys as thank well. Guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah.